Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Royfield here. Just before we start today's show, just thought I'd remind you of the Intelligent Speech Conference, which is happening on Saturday, June 29th in Chelsea in New York at a wonderful place called the Centre of Social Innovation. I've put together a day where some of the best podcasters on planet Earth will be gathering to give talks and live presentations. So if you loved Mike Duncan's The History of Rome, or maybe you're a fan of David Crowther's The History of England, or even Kevin Stroud and his History of English, why don't you go to intelligentspeechconference.com and go and purchase yourself a ticket. It promises to be an amazing day. I will be there doing a live Mid-Atlantic with Corey Brett Schneider, somewhat of this podcast, you'll remember him, and there will be about another 11 other podcasts that will be there in person to answer your questions, but also to present about how they go podcasting, but not only just that, but to talk about in depth about the topics that they're incredibly passionate about that they podcast about. So if you'd like to meet me, Mike Duncan, David Crowther, Kevin Stroud, or some of the other podcasters that will be at the Intelligent Speech Conference, why don't you go and buy yourself a ticket today? The website is intelligentspeechconference.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. Brexit means Brexit. My administration has accomplished more than almost any administration in the history of our country. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the Atlantic from the perspective of the other. I'm Royfield Brown, who's in a rather cool Bay Area today. Today, I'm joined by pundit and all-round lovely woman Emma Burnell in London and by the writer and um, bon viveur, Doug Levy in San Francisco. Say hello, folks. Hiya. Hello, folks. 
in a week that has seen the number of rough sleepers in London reaching a record high after an increase of nearly a fifth in a year, we ask, can Trump do it again President in 2020? Trump officially launches his 2020 re-election campaign tonight with a major rally in Orlando. And ahead of the rally, the president now saying he will deport a million undocumented immigrants next week. Tonight, before thousands of cheering supporters, President Trump formally launched his re-election campaign. We accomplished more than any other president has in the first two and a half years of a presidency and under circumstances that no president has had to deal with before. Nobody's done what we have done in two and a half years. America first! Before taking off for Florida, the president took to Twitter with a message aimed directly at his diehard supporters saying next week ICE will begin the process of removing the millions of illegal aliens. Despite the hardline rhetoric on immigration, the president's signature campaign promise, Who's going to pay for the wall? Remains unfulfilled. There have been only 45 miles of wall built, all of it in areas that already had a barrier. There has been no new wall built in areas that did not already have a wall or a fence. What about the wall? Are you disappointed that's not built yet? I mean, it's getting built. I mean, if the Dems would just knock it off, we would have had the wall by now. As long as you keep this team in place, we have a tremendous way to go. Our future has never, ever looked brighter or sharper. And it's no accident that President Trump is kicking off his re-election campaign here in Orlando, Florida. His win in Florida last time was a major reason he was elected president. If he's going to win again, he is almost certainly going to have to win Florida. David? On Tuesday night in Orlando, Florida, Donald Trump officially kicked off his presidential re-election bid. His pitch to the American people is for four more years. Quite simply, is to keep America great. Uh, There is no doubt that he has the ability to connect with his supporters. Other than just keeping America great, what should his pitch be, Doug? If he was a normal politician or even just a normal elected official or leader, he would be talking about things that have been accomplished and things that would bring us all up in the future. Um, But Donald Trump is, there's nothing normal about this man. And it was rather bizarre listening to his remarks at this uh, kickoff rally because Mm -hmm. he actually wouldn't need to look that far to find things from the last two years to talk about. He mentioned a few, but this could have been a rally from 2016, complete with the locker up chants, which at least to everybody that I know, that's getting kind of old. Emma, it did feel a little bit like 2016, but Trump has some accomplishments. Us on the left might not agree that there are necessarily things to be proud of, but he has boosted military spending. He's being combative in his trade talks with China and Mexico and with Canada. So he's all macho on, on the world scene as far as he's concerned. He has cut taxes and he's got two new Supreme Court justices. He has accomplished something in the last four years, hasn't he? In the last three years, sorry. Yeah, he's definitely got accomplishments. I mean, if, if um, as Doug said, if this was normal, what he'd be doing is running on the economy because that's you know doing really well. All presidents claim that when economies do well, it's them, and when it's not doing well, it's someone else. So a traditional Republican would be making a lot more of the economy. 
pinning it on his tax cut, saying that that was the cause. But he just seemed so fixated on the migration issue. And the problem with that is that when he was running for the first time, his pitch was, I will solve this, I will build a wall. Mm -hmm. When he's had four years and he hasn't built a wall, what's the answer? Um, He's got a Republican Congress, okay, for the last two years he's had a Democratic House, but he hasn't, you know, his signature thing was, I will build a wall and Mexico will pay for it, and neither of those things have happened. Surely what, what Donald Trump is trying to do here is to rile up his base. And what he has, statistically speaking, is the, the firmest base of any modern American president. And saying that uh, there are marauding masses at the border is one surefire way of getting um, his base out to vote. Doug, discuss. That's the part that is discouraging. Um, you know, I'm old enough to remember quite a few presidents and campaigns where the leading candidates and the ultimate winner had policy differences with me. But there always was at least an attempt to represent all Americans Mm. after the election was over. And with this president, there isn't even a facade of leading for all. Uh, It's all about dividing And the part that's really discouraging, and the Orlando Sentinel actually made this point very clearly in a blistering editorial, a very surprising editorial for that publication. Uh, This president has done nothing positive for all Americans. And as we see the campaign begin, it's really getting scary now. Uh, But but again, I'm kind of stuck on this... uh Trump having these record lowest approval ratings, it's like 40% on average. The next lowest president historically has been Harry Truman, and he's at 45%, taking his average approval ratings over his uh, two terms. Does he have to be this ecumenical president to be elected? He wasn't. And he won in 2016. So surely you, you can you can understand it from his point of view. Double down, do what you did beforehand and whatever. It'll be all right on the night. If he does not grow his base, the numbers suggest that he cannot win. But the now, numbers said that last time, though, Doug. What it, you need to do is excite the 40 percent, the 36 to 40 percent and make sure that they come out and vote, have a nice bit of voter suppression in places like South Carolina. Bish bosh bang, as we say in the UK, your president again. Surely I'm absolutely right, Emma. Um, yes and no. The question will be whether this is a case of two excited bases or one excited base versus a, a suppressed vote. I think after four years of Trumpism, whoever the Democratic nominee is will have a more invigorated base behind them than than Hillary Clinton had because they're excited in a negative way by Trump as much as anything Mm -hmm. else. Some of it does come down to who the Democratic nominee is, what they're able to do and how much they're able to reach out to the Obama-Trump voters. And those are going to be the key, I think. The people who aren't necessarily the base wouldn't make up that 40%, but are open to voting for Trump or for a Democrat. Um, Because uh, Doug's absolutely right, 40% is not going to get you over any line. Um, It's just a question of how much the other side can get out. 
let, let's go back to um, his potential opponents. So the, the very obvious Democratic front runner is Vice President uh, Joe Biden, and every opinion poll has him beating Trump by ten percentage points. How should Trump go after the Democratic front runner, Doug? What should his game plan be? The part that is sad is that certainly Biden, with his record, I mean, he's he's been in public office for decades. So there's a lot of record that in some cases he should be defending. Certainly things have changed. Uh, he probably wouldn't vote the same way now on a lot of issues. And Trump could honestly go after Biden on substance. But that's not what we're seeing. Trump is trying to paint Biden and all the Democrats in the same broad brush as anti-American, as socialists, as hostile to the way of life of his base. And he's trying to make these Republican, white, generally lesser educated generally lower-income voters fear the Democrats. And it works. Also part of Trump's kind of playbook is a campaign of misinformation, isn't it? And he calls it fake news. So Trump started off the week with a tweet to Fox News saying that your polls are always bad for me. Something weird going on at Fox. Our poll shows leading in all 17 swing states. For the record, I didn't spend 30 hours with ABC News, but rather a tiny fraction of that. More fake news. Um, Emma, is this his first salvo in his information war to discredit the polls on the way to victory to reassure his base that they don't need to listen to what the opinion pollsters are saying? I mean, I think that's going to be a theme throughout. Um, what you're hearing isn't true. It's all fake news. And that'll be true from polls to Russian interference, which, of course, they're doing nothing about trying to counter, not least because they don't want to particularly counter it, to any negative repercussions of Trump policy. It's fake news is a strong narrative. And also, of course, it muddies the waters on what is actually fake news. So you'll get a lot of um, Facebook crap put about that is pro-Trump, and if it just, oh, everyone's doing it, that's, you know, that again becomes a much better place for him to be. Um, the question, I think, is ha whether he can define his opponents or whether his opponents can define themselves. And that, I think, will be where, I mean, he is very, very good at defining people. You know, he comes up with that little phrase, you know, crooked Hillary, little Marco Rubio, all of these things. Uh, and I think some of the Democratic nominees have done better than others in actually defining themselves differently. Um, I would say that Bernie is Bernie and everyone knows who he is and what he stands for. Elizabeth Warren is just, has just really come on strong as the woman with the plan for everything. Um, and I think she's kind of really set herself up that way, which has, has worked quite nicely. I think others despite being popular and maybe have less definition, so it might be easier for Trump to define them. I'm thinking maybe um, Mayor Pete, Butted Edge, I think is how you say it. <laughs> um, Kamala Harris, I'm not sure there's really definition there yet. Um, so I think the question is, is who is defining themselves and who is trying to be to every man, which I think leaves a really open goal for Trump. Hmm. Uh, Doug, uh, back over to you. 
Um, as I kind of said in a, in a previous question, all the Democratic hopefuls, all the main ones anyway, have every matchup has them beating Trump, whether it's nationally, but definitely in, in various kind of swing states. Um, with, that, with all of them basically leading him on a matchup to date, how should, to, to go and expand on Emma's point there, should, let's say, the leading contenders attack Trump? Um, should they take, take on Trump the man? his policies, or should they stick to their own vision? This is going to be a very tough challenge for all of the opponents to Trump. The balance is between standing up for what's right and giving people a reason to vote for them. What was missing in 2016 was that many voters had no idea what Hillary Clinton actually stood for. The fact that she had developed really elaborate policy proposals for a lot of issues just was not a part of the campaign to the extent that it got to anybody. So people were voting against Hillary or just not voting for anybody. And, you know, the Russian troll campaign that the Trump campaign liked absolutely helped that. We need to be vigilant against that. But most importantly, the candidates have to have a clear message of why why vote for me yeah. instead of the other person. Mm. And I think that that, sh- that is an electoral truism that people always forget, um, particularly when we've got a big bag voting man on the other side. It's not enough that Trump is crap. It's not enough that Trump is possibly evil. You've got to give something, people something to vote for. And that's something that, you, you know, I would say Ed Miliband got very wrong in 2015 in the UK. You know, we, we ran a campaign on why the Tories were awful and austerity was bad. Fine, but what were we offering, you know? And there was some decent policy in there, but we never talked about it. So I think this is, this is something that is true the world over, particularly when it comes to progressives. We think that our opponents being awful and us, the strength of our dislike of them is going to be matched by the passion of the electorate. And that's just never true. Uh, I, I think that's a, a very wise point. Just starting to, to wrap up this section, um, which states should Trump look to to try and secure victory? In other words, where should we be paying attention to? It's not by accident that he started off in Florida. Florida is absolutely going to be crucial. And we saw in the uh, midterm election that... Quite a few people are not on his side right now, but it's also a state where the voter rules and other factors make it very hard for anybody who's not a Republican to proceed. But we'll see. It's definitely a close race there. Uh, It was actually very close uh, even in 2016. I mean, it was just a tiny, tiny amount that he won by. Uh, The other state to watch is Texas. The polls in Texas are really interesting. You would think that that is a solid Trump state, and ultimately, maybe it will it will be. But the polls indicate Texas is in play, and that could be huge. Hasn't Texas been teasing Democrats for years, though? Isn't exactly. It? <laughs> it's it, it's always going. It's always purple, but never quite. That's a and very I, good point. <laughs> you know, you know, we we had this flirt with Beto O'Rourke, didn't we? That Beto was going to do it. You know, Doug, if you're falling down that that trap again, sir. There's nothing certain. No, uh, and you know, it, these things are. I mean, it's it's a truism that 
Democrats have never won Texas until they win Texas, and you know, then they've then it's in play. I and then you know, it's the same. It is part of that Sun Belt area that is becoming better and better for Democrats. Um, I think they need to put a lot of effort, of course, into the Midwest where there were you know, the, the, they can't lose the Rust Belt and not yet gain the Sun Belt. That's what happened in 2016. So I think it's about trying to balance those competing areas and making sure that they at least visit Wisconsin once or twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and also what Democrats need to do is to remind uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, etc., that Trump has not brought back all these manufacturing and coal jobs. That's what absolutely needs to happen, that these were absolutely empty promises. But on that, we'll go from empty promises to promises of a sunny, uplit future for Britain when it leaves the EU. Let's talk about the Tories and the leadership contest. And it's all about who can be more Brexity than the other. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Five men, one job, an hour of your questions from across the UK. How they answer tonight will help decide who becomes our next Prime Minister. We must come out on the 31st of October because otherwise I'm afraid we face a catastrophic loss of confidence in politics. We We are in a room with a door and the door is called Parliament and I'm the only person here trying to find the key to the door. Everybody else is staring at the wall shouting, believe in Britain. We've we've run into that door three times already, Rory. If we got to October the 31st, and we were so close to getting that deal over the line, would you at that point say, Michael, we're really, we're almost there. I I, I want to rip it up. I share, I share, I share. Johnson, do you accept that words have consequences? You are frequently careless with your language. Should we, should we have an external investigation that could set a party into Islamophobia? Absolutely. They all agree. Rory, do you agree? Excellent. So, they agree. Okay. Can you promise that the environment will be your top priority if elected? Absolutely want to put climate and the environment at the heart of everything I, we do. I praise those people, even though I think folks should be in school. Praise those people who went on the climate strike. Erin, who's impressed you the most? Well, to be honest, none of you have really impressed me in the way that I'm looking for. Climate change isn't an issue of tomorrow. It's an issue of today. 
as we record Tory MPs are voting in another round of the leadership contest with the man who comes last set to be eliminated. Dominic Raab, who was knocked out on Tuesday, has now backed Boris Johnson to be the next leader of the Tory party and hence the Prime Minister. Emma, what does the race tell us about the state of the Tory party today? It's not just the contest. Um, There was some polling that was released yesterday about what Conservative Party members would accept in order to get a Brexit. Uh, This included the loss of Scotland from the Union, the loss of Northern Ireland from the Union, a massive economic hit, and even the destruction of the Conservative Party. All of these things are less important to them than Brexit. The only thing that they want, that they would accept losing Brexit over is the, the, the possibility that Jeremy Corbyn might go into a number 10, um, which is extraordinary. Um, you know, the fact that a party... That's official title is the Conservative and Unionist Party are willing to lose bits of the union. Um, a party that was traditionally the party of business, the party of economic growth, are willing to take a giant hit on the economy for just this ideological product. You know, we are absolutely through the looking glass in terms of where they're at. And it shows. And, you know, you look at the debates that they're having um, the one candidate who just and he doesn't even want to stop Brexit he just wants it to be a bit softer and he's being you know uh, lauded by the centrist press which is driving me slightly nuts um but he's also just he is the Liz Kendall do you know what who I mean by Liz Kendall um who was the person who came fourth in the Labour leadership contest mm-hmm. again lauded by the centrist press but not appealing to Labour Party members at all. And that's the point, is that, you know, this Rory Stewart guy is not talking to where the Tory membership is at. The Tory membership has gone very extremist over Brexit, and there is no other issue at the moment. Um, let's, let's come on to that um, in, in a little bit. Come on to that again, sorry, Emma. Um, Doug, um, since we've uh, since the Tory party leadership race has, has started, um, we haven't done a mid-Atlantic. So um, give us your take on maybe two or three of the runners and riders. It's hard to really tell who stands for what from this side. Um, but it looks like within the Tory party, there is a split that is as big as the split across the UK in general. Um, The difference being that everybody is in favor, everybody in the race is in favor of getting out of the EU. They're just debating over how to do it. And as Emma said, that is the world turned upside down. Uh, it's, It's almost like the Tory party has been taken over by some other people just like the Republican Party in the, mm. in the U.S. Has, has gotten. Uh, you know, the idea that the candidates who sound kind of reasonable, uh, I mean, you know, the, uh, you know, Michael Gove seems to have a fairly rational approach to Brexit, but... Doug, beg your pardon. Right. No. <laughs> no, 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 sir. No, sir. <laughs> no. Again, from this side of the pond, it's a little yeah. hard to judge. OK, well, but one thing I'll say about Michael Gove is he is right to say that he he was always been a Brexiteer. Um, it's, he's never he's never 
hidden his Brexiteer credentials. So, you know, he's the authentic Brexiteer. In that regard, yes. And what, what Michael Gove does do, he presents well as somebody who's seemingly rational and competent. Um, he's created massive havoc um, across uh, the UK in terms of health and education, but he is a politician with ideas and he actually does get things done. He gets things done that the left do not like, right? And he isn't flashy in, in, a, in a regard like, like, a, like a Boris Johnson, but... <clears throat> No, no, sir. I, I can't have you uh, lionise him on this podcast. Can I, can, I, can I make a guess, Royfield? Go. I'm going to guess that you've got teachers in your family somewhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's when you know teachers that you... Ha- like. I mean, you just... There is no possibility of ever saying anything nice about Michael Gove if you have teachers in your family. <laughs> I, there was even um, a small run-in. It's, I have teachers as friends and, and also my daughter who's now 18, um, in effect did her end of her primary education as part of her secondary education when he was Secretary of State for Education. So, um, but and we used to live in Queen's Park and there was even a time when he turned up to the Queen's Park um, fun day and literally was run out of the place. He turned up with his two kids and, the, the, the you know, I'm not going to say that people were throwing rotten, rotten fruit and vegetables at him, but it was literally that and the man had to leave and stuff. Mm. So much is, is his toxic reputation when it comes yeah, to yeah. the UK yeah, and ed- education. I, I want to be clear. I, I was not necessarily endorsing or saying nice things about yeah, him <laughs> overall. Yeah, I was merely commenting on... Where he appears in perspective no, of he, the other candidates, he, he presents well. He presents, he presents as being competent. He does. But what's fascinating about this is Gove still wants what would be what would have been considered before the referendum as quite a hard Brexit, you know, out of the single market, out of the customs mm. union. But now, because of the way that the dialogue has gone since then, is you know he now presents as the the middle option, the reasonable option, which is extraordinary when you think about you know what it is that he's offering. Um, exactly. I mean, and that is that tells you so much about where we're at in terms of the of Brexit. Go on, go on, Doug. Uh, fr- from this side of things, I have to say that it is very discouraging because it certainly looks as if the UK is going rapidly in the same direction that we're going, and I don't see any good thing in it for the economic or even peace. Yeah, there's a reason for the European Union was set up to stop wars in Europe. That's like it's mm. raison d'etre in the first place. Now it's grown and it does lots of other things now, some good, some bad. Overall, I think it's a massive force for good. I would reform parts of it. I think that's a fairly standard approach from the left. I think almost everybody would agree, just as, you know, NAFTA has been an engine for economic growth, but of course there are things that could be improved. But by completely interrupting global trade and global alliances Mm -hmm. for safety and security, um, we're in this very bizarre place where our traditional allies don't trust anything they're hearing from the United States government. That's not going to be good if there really is a national security issue. Mm. And I don't see the UK in a better shape 
right now, and it doesn't sound like any of the Tory candidates are going to be helping either. No, and I mean... It's going to probably come down to two. I know. So the reason I keep looking aside is because I keep checking Twitter because at any moment we're going to see who's dropped out or who's who's been kicked out, who's come bottom today. It's a, it's such a bizarre process. You know, you, you've got nobody in that contest who wants to make it a contest between remain and leave. Um, you've got a slightly softer, although still quite hard Brexit or we will just leave with no deal, which has become now the default, this is what real Brexit is, and that the Brexit party are pushing. But do you think, though, right, Emma, um, that Rory Stewart, you know, he, he admits he's a Remainer, right? But he's also trying to say that the British people... He's also saying, sorry, that the British people have had their say... But he's realistic by saying there's an impasse in Parliament. That I actually think Rory Stewart is actually saying we are not going to leave the EU. But he is laying out a plan which is uh, which gives Parliament a chance to take us out. That even that um, and tacitly admits that the you know the the mathematics that's what i was searching for the mathematics is actually really against it but it's saying that parliament is sovereign we have to do it this way etc etc that actually he is the candidate for remain in effect i think he's a candidate for soft leave i think saying he's a candidate for remain is a massive stretch um, and it's kind of massive stretch that a lot of people are trying to reach at the moment because they want to. There's this real kind of David Cameron 2005 vibe around Rory Stewart where everyone goes, oh, but he's a different kind of Tory. And then when David Cameron got into power, turns out not so different. <laughs> and I'm just, very, yeah, I'm just getting true. a little tired of being fooled twice, you know. <laughs> but I'm, I, I, I quite liked his little, little videos on Twitter. He yeah, does feel fine. Very the guy different. can do comms. That doesn't mean he's not quite a right wing Tory. <laughs> Old Italian. Uh, yeah, he is Cameron Redux. <laughs> he, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, let's go back to something which you said, uh, your first answer, Emma, which was that this poll came out yesterday that said uh, that people would see the country be dismantled to get Brexit. You know, Scotland go, Northern Ireland go. They would see the, the Tory party smashed. Um, we've known this for some time, haven't we? Ever since the, the rise of Thatcher, the Conservative Party has not actually been uh, the Conservative and Unionist Party. It's been the Conservative Party in England. And now it's just writ large, isn't it? Why would we? Why are we so surprised by those poll results? Well, I don't think that's strictly true. Um, the well, you, there's this tendency for people to think, oh, Scotland's always dead, dead socialist and always very, um, you know, there's never been any Tories. That's actually not true. And it never really has been. Uh, and the Tories have a good few MPs up there now at the moment um, who are up in arms. They had they had a bounce back since the last the election before last. They went down to one. Now, I think they're at three. Yeah, but I mean, before 97 and the absolute wipeout that wasn't just in Scotland, it was across the whole country, um, mm -hmm. they had a decent showing in Scotland. And some of their strength is, is, is stronger than their numbers. They are in, in the Scottish Parliament, they're the second largest party um, behind the SNP. So 
But yeah, they're, they're, it's not a case that, that the Tories are just the party of England. Um, what they are is disproportionately a membership-led party based in England. Uh, what they are is disproportionately a membership party disproportionately based in the South East Shires, who are currently pretending to speak for the Midlands and the North West uh, and the North East. So they, you, you'll get a lot of people with a northeastern accent talking about Brexit. But actually, when you dig down into the numbers of the people who supported Brexit, they live in Surrey, uh, which is in the southeast, one of the richest counties um, mm. for our American listeners. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think there is a... a but it, it was, it's not just about where people live, but what people believe about the country they live in. So I'm a Londoner, always have been. I've never lived further north than Tottenham but I'm passionate about not losing <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> um, Doug, um, one more question to you, then one more to Emma, then we're going to go, go on to takeaways of the week uh, because everybody's got things to do. Um, is Mr Boris Johnson the only man that can either deliver Brexit or fudge Brexit if needs be because of his, in inverted commas, charisma? And is that the reason why he will be the next leader of the Tory party. I can't think of any other reason why he would be the next leader. I, I mean, on on paper, he doesn't make sense as the leader at all in the same way that Donald Trump doesn't make any sense as president. And it's just further evidence that the world has turned upside down. But that's the way it is. Emma, uh, last question to you. In the words of Tory leadership candidate Rory Stewart, who is best placed to sit on a stage with Boris Johnson? And who is best placed to ask the testing questions that need to be asked? I mean, the question is, which options do you give the Tory membership? If you end up with a Stuart Johnson um, final two, which is what goes to the membership, it's only the last two that go to the membership, then, I mean, Stuart may well test Johnson from that platform but he won't get the support of the Tory members so if what you want to do is stop Boris Johnson what you need to have is a stop Johnson candidate that might win the membership and um, that ain't Rory Stewart on the other hand if you think you cannot stop Johnson but need to hold him to account then Stewart might be best placed to do that good good and on that it's now it's time for takeaways of the week it's that time where we reflect on humanity's goodness we try and uplift each other's spirits Doug tell us about your takeaway of the last seven days one of the things which I think we've learned in the last couple of days is a lesson that we need to keep relearning and that is how much impact just one person can have and I want to tip my hat to Scott Dittman who is a uh, just a random person who found out that there were kids participating in one of the uh, gay pride events in Pittsburgh and didn't have parents supporting them. So he went out and offered free dad hugs to anybody who wanted them. And not only did he have an enormous impact on the people that were actually there, his story has now gone all over the world and hopefully will inspire other people just to be nicer to each other. Oh, I quite like that, Doug. Uh, Emma, over to you. I think the people who inspire me, not just this week, but constantly, are the kids that are fighting for climate change. Um, the kids mm. strike uh, and Greta Thunberg uh, and the people that, that are behind her. 
kids who are telling us how badly we're failing them and have absolutely every right to do so. Uh, and I find them so inspiring. So I think a new generation of leadership, um, doing leadership in a different, refreshing, radical way, good on them. Couldn't endorse that more heartily than you have. Uh, my takeaway of the week is that I didn't realise, but I quite like rom-coms. <laughs> I, I've, I've kind of, I've kind of poo-pooed them. Being somebody at one point who wanted to be an artsy fartsy filmmaker and actually has one film credit to my name that I actually produced, but actually, always be my maybe. What a beautiful, heartwarming bit of cinema, and there is something very lovely about telling a simple story about love and unrequited love and people getting back together which just doesn't have warm your cockles mm. and we don't need uh, dark and angst ridden movies all the time like I saw a great uh, film called Cold War at the start of the year not at the start of the year yet, well, three months ago start of the year which is this Polish black and white movie which tells us the tale of a director a musical director and his muse through uh, post-war Poland and that was lo- and it was great and I felt I'd been enriched creatively and all my um, lefty sensibilities had been uh, cuddled in all the right places but just to watch a story of couple of teenagers uh, having their first fumble in the back of a car and then meeting up 20 30 years later and falling in love again was actually life affirming so always be my maybe on netflix go and watch that beautiful rom-com and also what's absolutely lovely about it it's um, asian americans and uh, who are up front and center and there are lots of jokes uh, about that kind of culture too so that's that, that that's me in the last seven days I love a rom-com and I didn't know it. Uh, Doug, how can people find you on the socials? I am SF Doug on Twitter. How about you, Emma? I am Emma Burnell underscore on Twitter. And I'm not going to tell you where to find me on Twitter because there's no point because I hardly <laughs> ever post. So there you go. Um, but folks, why don't you do us all a favour by telling your friends, family, loved ones to follow us um, on a podcatcher of your choice. We are... Uh, mid-atlantic we are left of center politics and we look at the news and the views from one side of the atlantic and we compare it with the other that's us be good toodaloo bye-bye there you go brilliant Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.